Hello everybody and welcome to our next episode of Safeguarding News. Today I am joined by Luke Ramsden and also Michul who are both from St Benedict's School. Luke can you introduce yourself please? Hello everybody I'm Luke Ramsden, I'm Deputy Head of St Benedict's School and I'm Chair of the Safeguarding Panel with the Safeguarding Company. Fantastic and Michul can you introduce yourself as well please? Yeah I'm Michal Foley, I'm the Head of Year 10 also at St Benedict's, I work with Luke. Fantastic. So today's highlights are we're only going to touch on one subject today because we think that it's it's deserving of its very own episode. And we are going to be talking about the Andrew Tate phenomenon. Hate using that word because it almost glamorizes it, but it's a very negative phenomenon that we're going to be talking about. Andrew Tate's running rampant, as we as we well know, as educators and as parents and carers, and we're at a bit of a loss of how to talk to our children about this. What you don't want to end up doing is doing the whole wet paint don't touch syndrome or the big red button with do not press because immediately that means that you want to do it. So us just facing our children and saying stop listening to him, he's wrong, just isn't going to cut the mustard with this because there's some really deep rooted feelings. So how have you been talking to the children at your school about this so I, I think you're right Vicky it's the Andrew Tate thing is a real problem I mean he's all over the place at the moment um there's a recent BBC documentary about him um look at any sort of news uh website or newspaper and Andrew Tate is in there probably somewhere and our real worry here at St Benedict's is the the influence that he has on so many people um and the seeming inability for the pupils to see beyond um, this sort of macho, um, misogynistic, um, masculine character that he portrays. Um, our approach really here at St Benedict's is to avoid exactly as you say, the let's just cancel him approach. It, it doesn't work, we know that. Um, so we have been running sessions here with various groups of pupils across the year groups um to try and have more of a discussion about Andrew Tate with really the aim of trying to take the blinkers off where he's concerned I think one of the um one of the charges that the pupils level against us as teachers when we try to cancel him or say that he's simply wrong is that some of his comments are taken out of context but actually I think that works both ways and I think some of the things that the pupils think are quite glamorous about Andrew Tate are taken out of context so really the dis discussions are about opening their eyes and taking the blinkers off and trying to get them to see the whole Andrew Tate package as opposed to this glamorous strong good-looking successful rich bloke that he uh, portrays himself as so we have a, a powerpoint that if if it's okay I might just share and, and, and talk through because it might help yeah please um, do. we as I say we've been running various sessions um, and I want to try as much as possible in the sessions for it to not be a lesson. So we book, we're quite lucky here at St Benedict's that we have a conference room um, that's held for staff meetings or, or parent meetings. So I always book that for the sessions. It just takes it out of the classroom. It makes it feel a little less like a lesson. And there is a PowerPoint and there is a, a very quick worksheet that we'll get to in a second that I ask the pupils to, to look at and to fill in. Um, but it's not a, a sort of chalk and talk lesson. I sit at the table with the pupils. Um, I, I make it very clear that I'm not the expert on Andrew 
Andrew Tate and I'm here as much to listen and to learn as I hope that they might listen and to learn to me. The parameters of for the discussion are, are things that we're we're familiar with as educators that everybody's opinion is valid. Everybody needs to be respected for the, what they have to say. Some of the things that that Andrew Tate um, brings with him are quite challenging, but it's important that this is a safe space and that everything, um, as I say, is, is a valid contribution. Um, once those parameters are set and I almost it, it will sound a bit horrible to say, but I almost sort of bring myself down to the pupil level of I'm not the expert here. I'm not attempting to completely change your your view from black to white. Um, I know that um, that you probably know more than me in terms of the the YouTube content and the TikTok content, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and when I say that I don't want to be sort of draconian and just cancel him, it does just open up the discussion a little bit more. Nothing is is invalid and nothing is is unsayable is basically the way that I lay it all out. So some of the things that Andrew Tate brings with him, as I say, are quite uncomfortable and I would say disgusting, um, but they need to be said. And I, I very much say that this is the safe space to do it. So, as I say, I asked the pupils before we get into the discussion proper to answer just some initial questions on a piece of paper, and I take that piece of paper away with me because in advance of the session, I have invited through the parents certain pupils to take part and the parents have given consent for their pupils to take part. Um, and I want to feed back from the session to the parents as well. Some of the, the, the feedback will be quite general and generic about the topics that we discussed and some of the, the suggestions that were made from the pupils point of view. But I also want to give as part of my feedback some specific information about individuals to individual parents about where the pupils are getting their information from. And that's largely what these initial questions are about. Where are you getting your um, Andrew Tate information from? Um, what social media platforms do you use? Um, do you go anywhere else to try and find additional independently researched information? And what are your general sort of feelings about Andrew Tate and what he has to say? The most worrying thing to come out of these questions and the sessions that I've done so far is, is really the unrestricted and the unmonitored access that so many young people have to social media. Um, we know that Andrew Tate has been banned from certain social media platforms. We know that he's being held on remand in Romania on various charges at the moment. Um, but it's where the pupils are getting this information and the fact that they are getting it unfettered and un unrestricted is, is really, really concerning to me. The other thing that I asked the pupils to do as part of this initial um, form filling, as it were, is to define in their own words and as best they can three of the terms that come up whenever you think or read anything about Andrew Tate. So I asked them to define for me uh, misogyny. I asked them to define for me victim blaming, and I asked them to define for me as best they can toxic masculinity. And again, I was shocked when we started to do these sessions, just how um, little they understood of these three things, um, despite the fact, as I say, you can't look at or read anything about Andrew Tate without these three things coming up in some form or another. So I know that I'm not going to get the pupils to to completely change their view of Andrew Tate in a 50 minute or an hour session. Um, but really, as I say, I just want them to, to, to take a couple of key things away from them. One of those is to remove the blinkers. One of those is to have hopefully a better understanding of what the, these three things are. And one of them is to um, have an understanding of the influence 
that Andrew Tate can have. And he might not have it on absolutely everybody. And some people might be able to see through the persona and the mask and the um, the, the money making scheme of it all. Um, I just want them to delve a little bit deeper rather than take everything on face value. So I collect those forms in and then we go through as a group and we define those things for the session. Once those uh, initial sort of parameter things are, are set out, I'm really keen to start the session by acknowledging some of the positives of Andrew Tate. So I found a couple of little quotes of his that I displayed to them. And then I have a, a PowerPoint where I've put down some of the things that I think Andrew Tate is quite good for. Um, he is clearly an intelligent bloke. He's clearly articulate. He's clearly disciplined. He used to have a career as a kickboxer. He's clearly very successful and wealthy. He's clearly glamorous. He's good looking. He's strong. He says certain things and the quotes that came up before that could be considered to be good messages for particularly young men. And I want to start the session by putting that out there. As I say, I, I don't want the session to be me trying to cancel him because that's just immediately going to put the pupils who do support him, and they don't all, but the pupils who do support him off. We tend to have a, a bit of a discussion about this because that is not an exhaustive list, of course, um, and the pupils will add some of their own things and how they feel about him and how they might possibly be inspired by what he has to say or, or, or what he does. And I'm very willing to acknowledge that. And as I've, I've set out from the outset, I want them to educate me as much as I want to maybe educate them. But at the same time as I've acknowledged the green, I will then put up on the other side of the screen some of the things that I think are a negative and some of the things that if I'm going to acknowledge the green, I ask the pupils at the beginning of the session to acknowledge the. I deliberately haven't made it red, but you get the idea. Um, and these are the the things that. Where the blinkers are concerned, I want the pupils to start to consider Andrew Tate as a whole. OK, he does have some good things. He does have some positive messaging. He can inspire. But at the same time, do those green points cancel out any of the the orangey red points? And I would say no, um, just because he inspires young men to work hard and aim for the top doesn't mean he has the right to say some of the things that he does say about women just because he is successful and he says that you too can be successful doesn't mean that he can talk about just looking at the the, the box underneath the, the the bad and the good picture doesn't mean that he can refer to women as bitches it it's not okay and one does not cancel out the other because he does good work doesn't mean he can be as misogynistic and victim blaming as he is i would say um that always leads to some challenging conversations and largely in my experience it always results with the same um, charge from the pupils which is we as teachers and we as adults take these things out of context um, i'm always really interested in what the pupils think that that means and it does tend to come to this horrible quote underneath the picture there of banging out the machete and they say that there is a whatever a 10 or an 11 minute video in which he's talking about protecting his women and if one of them were to attack him this is what he would do but the charge is that as adults and as educators and as teachers we just think about that one quote but actually what he's talking about in the wider context is looking after the women in his life 
and all we do is focus in on the bit that makes him look bad. Um, there is a um, uh, again a charge sort of leveled against us, but it sort of tiptoes into to the media that the media are trying to portray Andrew Tate in a particular way to silence him. So they're only ever talking about the negatives. If you do a really quick Google search on him, the first sort of 50 hits will be about terrible things that he's accused or alleged to have done. Um, and they say that the media is trying to tarnish his reputation in order to silence him because he poses a, a challenge to the system, as it were. Um, but I always try and flip that on its head. And I say to the pupils that, OK, we might do that. And I think in some instances we probably do do that as a as institutions, as adults, as um, systems in the country. But I say that the pupils do that too. And they are far too picky with what they consider to be the positive and far too unwilling to acknowledge the the negative. Um, and it's always interesting because if you ask the pupils to think about times that they've taken Andrew Tate out of context as well, it's they do realize that they do. It's the thing that annoys the pupils about us, but they do acknowledge when you press them that they do the same too. So this is always a, a quite a key point of discussion. And, and this slide tends to to be on the board for, for quite a long time, actually, because they have lots of things to say about all the um, charges from Romania and all the quotes and all the all the um, misogyny and um, victim blaming um, allegations. That part of the discussion always goes on for quite a long time. And then I show them this slide with no words attached to it at all. And I ask them why they think I've put that picture up there. And it takes a little while and sometimes it takes a little bit of prompting. But there's always at least one or two who do realise. I mean, words that we would use possibly are radicalisation or grooming. But they do realise the fact that like it or lump it, agree with it, or not agree with it, Andrew Tate does have influence. And there are some pupils, and there are some pupils, because I don't want to tar everybody with the same brush, who are able to see through the persona. They are able to see through the act. Somebody said to me recently, they, they did very a very good job of explaining to me the, uh, the sort of pyramid money-making system. He will say something uh, extreme, or he will say something um, that is deliberately provocative so that other people share it. The more people that share it on social media, the more people that comment on it on social media, the more money eventually filters back into his pockets. Whereas when you catch him um, off guard or when you catch him off screen, he, he's really not like that at all. It's a persona, it's an act. Um, and as I say, it, it, it's important, I think, to acknowledge that some pupils do see through it. And some people, um, not all of them by any means, but some are able to acknowledge the fact that even though it is an act, he does still have influence. And there are some people who can't see through the act. And there are some people who do believe the misogynistic, victim blaming, um, toxic masculinity things that he says, particularly about women, but not exclusively. Um, Again, it's it's always quite a potent part of the session when I use words like radicalization or extremism or grooming. Um, they're hard hitting words for young people to hear. Um, but it's important, I think, for them to hear them. Um, the other really worrying thing that always comes up here is that word normalization. 
and it's something that I pick up more on and discussed more because I show them this slide and, and, and again it's 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 quite a powerful slide I think um, but it's important some people are, are aware of it some people aren't so I talk about drugs actually whilst I show this slide and I, I sort of say the thing of you might start off on, a, on what might be considered a sort of low level drug but eventually that's going to stop having the effect that you want it to have so you might upgrade to the, the next more severe more serious thing and you keep going you keep going you keep going same sort of thing here. I talk them through the the uh, the pyramid or the ladder, and I basically say that if we don't take people like Andrew Tate, and I don't want it to, to appear like I think Andrew Tate is the only person who who's having this influence in our society at the moment, because of course he's not. He's probably just the most prevalent one at the moment. But if we trivialise what Andrew Tate and people like him have to say, if we normalise his uh, attitude and his vocabulary. All we're going to do is encourage some, not all, young people to move up that ladder, move up that pyramid. And some people can see through him, but some people can't. And the overriding influence that he has on the internet, on social media, is so concerning because it is so far reaching. And if, as I say, if we trivialise what he has to say, if we don't challenge what he has to say, if we don't hold him to task, the danger is that some young men will move up that ladder. The other really worrying thing for me is the normalisation of this sort of behaviour where the girls are concerned as well, because there are some girls I know in society who feel like it is just part of growing up that they are referred to in these misogynistic ways. They feel like it's part of growing up for men to comment on their appearance. They feel like it's part of growing up. It's normal behaviour for them to be uh, objectified. And it's not. And it really worries me, the Andrew Tate thing from, from a male, a boy perspective. But it also really worries me that the girls are growing up thinking that this sort of behaviour is trivial and this sort of behaviour is normal because it shouldn't be. <laughs> Um, and again, it's, it's, it's quite a difficult slide to talk about because we do end up talking about, as it says, their full blown violence and rape and incest and murder and battery and all those sorts of things. But I do in, in, in some ways want to give the kids a bit of a shake. Um, and I, I don't think hard hitting things like this should be avoided because they're hard hitting. Um, in a similar vein, then. I start to draw things to a close by showing six quotes out of context and I tell the pupils that they're out of context and I tell them that I've only taken snippets of information and I pick them because they are all on the surface quite positive things to say that could for some people be inspiring particularly young men and I've deliberately chosen them because they align in some way or another with some of the messages of Andrew Tate and I asked the pupils what they think about these and largely, again, not exclusively, but largely the pupils think that whoever said this must be a bit of a legend, must be a bit of a, a, a good bloke. Yeah, we want that sort of guy on our side. We want to be inspired by him. And then I show them that it was Adolf Hitler that said it. Um, and this always takes um, the discussion to a slightly different place. 
because of course, because he said a few good things, because he inspired a few people to do positive things and aim high and work hard and not worry about the competition and just worry about yourself, doesn't cancel the negatives of Adolf Hitler and everything that he did. Really, really, really interestingly, when I made this um, this slide on this presentation, I thought this was going to be the hardest hitting thing. But recently, before I got here, one of the pupils mentioned Adolf Hitler before I did. And he said, I really think I see through Andrew Tate for what he is. And I really think that he's akin to Adolf Hitler in exactly the way that I, I designed this slide to do. And one of the one of the pupils in one of the lower years actually preempted me with it. And I thought that was incredibly insightful. And again, I just want to acknowledge the fact that I'm not tarring all young men and women with the same brush here. There are some who who can see through the Andrew Tate phenomenon, as you say. And then, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to skirt over big hitting things relatively quickly in a short space of time that we have. But right at the end of my presentation, I think it's really, really important to try and inspire in a different, more positive way. These celebrities, these social influences, these Internet uh, personalities who have so much positivity to give without all that negativity, without all that um, trying to garner fame and, and money through horrible messaging. Most recently, obviously, and probably most uh, at the forefront of most people's minds, Marcus Rashford and the pupils. Really interestingly, at the end, of quite a hard hitting discussion and presentation. They sort of light up when they talk about Marcus Rashford and all the good that he has to give. And we, I sort of leave him on the board as the pupils leave as a uh, as a positive role model who has so much to give to society, who is able to use his celebrity status and his wealth for positive, for good outcomes. It doesn't always have to come from the um, the extreme, the um, critical, the shocking. Um, it doesn't always has to have to come from an, a, a negative uh, viewpoint. Um, so, as I say, sort of going back to the beginning, our, our approach here is to is to have a discussion more than to, to run a lesson. It's going in with our eyes open, knowing that I'm not going to change their 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 black viewpoint to a white viewpoint. I'm not going to get the kids to turn 180 degrees in, in an hour long session, but it's really just to tell them as much as possible that I want them to educate me as I as much as I'm trying to educate them and to take their blinkers off. So at least they are aware of some of the, the worries that we have as as adults, as parents, as teachers have about Andrew Tate so that they can go into it a little bit more prepared. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. And Michal, you've been fantastic in going through your presentation. You have said that you'll share that as well, yeah, haven't you? So we'll make sure that yeah. we put that in the show notes. Now, Luke, I don't know whether you agree with me or not when I say this, but I think that it's really important that some parents get to see that as well, because especially from generation, my generation, for example, I was brought up with that normalisation of it's just expected, you know, catcalling and sexual harassment. It didn't matter who you told. I even went to the police at some point and I was just told that, oh, you have to go a different route or it'll, it will happen. And I think that it was it was only as I got older and certainly when I moved into safeguarding that I thought actually, you know, that it wasn't right. But there are certainly parents that are 
are from our generation who still think like that so having that conversation with them with that presentation would be really helpful I think you're exactly right and um, just to add in there and this is all done um, with the parental the parents are involved in um, the decision to, to have that uh, to have that meeting it's sort of with their consent to get the children involved again and uh, Mill uh, is brilliant at you know, discussing the, these kind of things with the parents and in fact one of the things just to speaking for me is that he also feeds back to the parents about a bit about you know and I think this is a really good thing for schools to look at doing about you know how children respond to these kind of sessions and again I think that the really important thing is to make them close that circle so mm -hmm. that on its schools in it and the child's in on it so it's everybody knows what everybody's spoken about and so I think the children really the students really respond to that well because they're, they're being treated as you know part of the team it's not just yeah. a what I really I, what I don't like is these assemblies I, I'm afraid I really feel that I don't think they work that these these um, things that are pushed out to school saying here's your Andrew Tate assembly do 10 minutes on that sorted and schools just 10 minutes he's an idiot don't do what he says done they've ticked that Andrew Tate box there we are Whereas I think what was really powerful to me on this, and where I thought it was so important for me to share this fantastic session that he does and the resources he's done there, um, in that it's that proper communication with both the kids and, and with the parents, which is so much more powerful. I think the feedback that I send after the session, and as I say, the, 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 the table, uh, the form that each individual pupil fills out goes to the individual parent. Um, the, 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 the feedback that I've got from the parents is, that that forms a, a sort of a skeleton for their own discussion. I think they find it quite difficult to talk about some of these hard hitting things, but knowing that it's been discussed in school, knowing it's been discussed in a structured way, it gives them their own structure to further that conversation at home in a way that that, that we can't. I, I don't give them the access to social media that that comes from a home setting, but knowing what's been discussed in a in a formal way in a school setting as i say gives that skeleton gives that structure for the conversation to continue at home because it has to continue at home the discussion has to be as luke says involving all of us school teachers parents and pupils it's it's vital that we're all involved in it absolutely and just to to close on one note to say that it isn't just the male pupils that yeah. you need to be talking to either yeah. you know we need to be talking to everybody yeah absolutely fantastic thank you so much both of you for for joining me today i'm afraid that is all that we have got time for um but all of the the presentation and all of the the notes will be shared and we'll also make sure that they're in the community as well so if you're struggling trying to download them from the show notes we'll make sure that they're in the community for you to share as well but thank you so much for joining us today and we shall see you on the next episode goodbye thanks very bye. much bye